Alright, I want to draw your attention to verse 15 in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. And what I want to do this morning, I want to kind of pick up where I left off last week. Last week I started talking about what we can do to change our culture. And when I say our culture... I'm not so much talking about the culture that's out there, but I'm talking about the culture within our family. Every one of us in here, we have things about us. We are from a specific culture. We have a type of culture. Some of those things are good. Some of those things are bad. And it's important that we try to change our culture when we have things in them that are bad. Okay? There's, there's a reason that you often see certain you know, groups of people that struggle in certain areas. And what our world thinks of, it's like, you know, it's, well, it's just because of the skin color. All right? Skin color has nothing to do with people's problems. But let me tell you, culture often does. And if, we have cert, if you have certain cultural problems, it doesn't matter what your skin color is, your life's going to stink. If you, have, if you don't have morality in your culture, your life's going to stink. It doesn't matter what you look like. And the truth is, many people today, we talked about this last week, you know, you got saved and you are from a heathen culture. The American culture, for the most part, is not Christian anymore. It, not, it doesn't even resemble it. It is very heathen. And when someone gets saved out of that, God does expect them to change their life. God wants them to have a better life. But it's often a challenge because... You know, the things of God, the things of the Spirit, they go against our very nature, don't they? So we need to try to change those things. We need to try to fix these things. We've got to put some things into practice. Last week we talked about how the most important part of that is leadership. It is so important that we have the right kind of leadership. And that it's going to start in the homes. Fathers, you've got to take charge in this area and you've got to make it a mission to change the culture in a home. Don't make it your wife's mission. It needs to be your mission. And so we talked about that a little bit last week. But now what I want to talk about today, another a way that we can change our culture, and I'm and once again I'm talking mainly to fathers here in the homes. And moms, you definitely play a part in this too. But it's important that we have certain traditions in our home, that we have the right traditions in our home. Now I started off with Second Thessalonians two fifteen because you'll notice in there how he tells them to stand fast and to hold the traditions. Okay? And I, I wanted to show you that because most verses in the Bible, if you look up the word tradition or traditions, most of the time it's negative. Most of the time you'll see them in the, you know, in the Bible rebuking traditions. You know why? Because some of those traditions were bad. And traditions by themselves are not bad unless they become a, a method of obtaining salvation. Then they're bad. Okay? Or, and a tradition, it's kind of like an ordinance. There's often confusion on the word ordinance. People get bent out of shape when you say, as Baptists, we have two ordinances, Baptist, a baptism and the Lord's Supper. Because, you know, there's all kinds of ordinances that the Bible talks about. But, you know, the Bible also says not to, you know, you know, touch not, taste not, handle not when it comes to ordinances. It says not to be subject to ordinances. Then there's another verse that says, you know, submit yourself to every ordinance of man. What's what's the difference? There's different kinds of ordinances. And as Baptists, two traditions that we have, two ordinances that we have, are baptism and the Lord's Supper. Those are things that we do. Something that's been passed down to us. 
and it's one of the things that identifies us as a Baptist. Okay? Now, does our baptism and Lord's Supper, is that what we use to prove we're going to heaven? Absolutely not. That's Jesus Christ. Okay? But those are things that we do that identify us as Baptists. And I believe when it comes to uh, your family, you need to implement some good traditions in your family. Much of what defines a culture are their traditions. How they celebrate holidays, what they do as a family. You know, a lot of things in their day-to-day life often is what defines cultures. And we all have traditions. Even if you are the most heathen from the most heathen family, have the most heathen background, you have traditions. All right. So, what are the traditions of the heathens today? All right. What is your typical uh, American family look like? All right. Well, first of all, traditional. Uh, one thing's a big tradition on Sundays. Uh, you thought I was going to say church, football. All right. You know, sports. You know. Grilling. And, you know, and the thing is, like every holiday, okay, what does every holiday look like from a typical, traditional American family? Oh, and by the way, a part of our tradition in America today is to not pass on traditions to our kids verbally. But the thing is, and I'm going to get into this a little bit, whether you verbally give a tradition or not, you do pass down traditions to your kids. And you know what many people have passed down to their kids? Their traditional thing on Sunday, watch sports, get drunk. What do they do on Fourth of July? You know, grill, get drunk. You know, every holiday, Memorial Day. You know, eat out, get drunk. You know, now, now nobody goes to their kids and teaches them. All right, kids, and this is what we do on every holiday. We stuff our face, we get drunk. Okay, but is that not what people just naturally do? They just naturally do it. Why? Because it's their culture. It's what was passed down to them. We have to. Make sure we pass down good things. And so, the word tradition, alright, let me read a definition to you. It means the delivery of opinions, doctrines, practices, rites, and customs from father to son, or from ancestor to posterity. The transmission of any opinions or practice from forefathers to descendants by oral communication without written memorials. Thus, children derive their vernacular language chiefly from tradition. Most of our early notions are received by traditions from our parents. We often, and there's so much truth in that. So much of how kids talk, isn't it, from their parents? That's where they learn to talk from. And whether the parents actually sat their kids down and say, listen kids, when you get mad, here's a whole bunch of bad words to say. Okay? No, no parent does that with their kids. In fact, most parents tell their kids not to do that. But why is it that you'll see little kids sometimes you know, throwing profanity around? Because mom and dad does it. It's a tradition they got from their mom and dad. There's no written law in their homes. Use this word when you stub your toe. Use that word when you're mad at somebody. There's no written, there's no written thing there. But yet, the kids do it exactly like the parents. You know, a lot of the expressions that are used. You know, they, and, and, and sometimes too, you know, we pick things up from other people. We have outside influences. One word that's used a lot in our house that I actually picked up from my kids. I don't know where they got it. Uh, is, you know, is savage. Alright, apparently that's like a, a big word now. And, and Lana, you know, well, she, one day she said something. She kind of made like a smart comeback or something. And she was just like, Dad, was that savage? <laughs> and so, we're always using that word with Lana. You know, we, we did a real, 
intense, hardcore hike today, and I was like telling her she handled it like a savage and stuff like that. Uh, that might be bad. All right? I don't know if that's a good thing to do, but that's a word that's used in our house. We've got a lot of things like that that are used in our house. It's just, it's, it's what we do. And some of those things might be bad. I don't know, that might be bad. Some of those things might be good. There, it's, and we're passing things down to our kids that we don't even realize many times. And many of you, you had some really bad things passed down to you. And you've got to recognize those things and you've got to change those things and make sure, because you need to realize what you're doing in your home, your, your lifestyle that you're living, the way you do things from day to day, it's communicating something to your children. They are going to pick up on it. You are going to pass these things down to them and there are some things that need to be changed in some of our cultures. They're, they're not good and we've got to fix these things. And so, you know, most of the time in the Bible, when it talks about traditions, it's negative, but it's not always the case. And so, most of the time it was negative because the cultures that they were talking to were their traditions taught things that were against the Bible. Especially when it came to the Pharisees and the Jews in Jesus' day. And so we shouldn't be a people who are governed by tradition. We ought to be governed by the Word of God. But if we have certain traditions in our home, if we make things a habit in our home, these things are going to be passed down to our kids. In fact, many times there's Christian principles that people practice in their day-to-day life and they don't even know the Scriptures for it. They have no idea what the Bible says on that, yet they practice it. Why? Because that was practiced in their home. And even though they don't know the Scripture, they're actually following the Word of God because the lifestyle that you live, the way you raise your children, it has a very strong impact. So we've got to keep these things in mind. And our lives should be guided by the Word of God, but there is nothing wrong with us having some of our very own traditions that we make special as long as we don't violate God's law. And I would not, I'm not going to get up here today and I'm not going to tell you all you ought to have the traditions that I have in my home. You need to have some of your own traditions. You ought to have some of your own things that are yours, that are, that are, neat, that are unique to you. you know, and not everything that comes out of your mouth needs to be a Bible verse, while it is good for Bible verses to regularly come out of your mouth. You know, it's okay for you to have some of your own laws. I'll show you that here in a little bit in your own things. For example, you know, my dad. I could give you many, uh, much of his oral law much tradition that was passed down to me. You know, here's some quotes of my dad. You know, and this is a big one. You are now or you soon shall be what your friends are. He would often use that one if I was wanting to hang around with somebody that was a goofball and a weirdo and a troublemaker. Do you want to be that person? You hang around that person, that's going to be you one of these days. Okay? Now that was his words, all right? And he probably heard it from somewhere else. But you know, that's actually biblical. You know, the Bible says a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Bible says, "Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners." So that was just kind of his way of saying it, but it stuck with me. I think about that when I get around other people. Do I want to be like these people? Uh, that, uh, that's a very good question to ask yourself. You know, he, he used to say this too. This is something I you know, do: what you're told, when you're told, and how you're told. You know, those were his words. You know, he didn't always have to just quote Ephesians six one, which that was quoted to me before. You know, he had some of his own things too. It's okay for you to have that. You know, you know, some things he didn't say them all the time, but these were just like laws and facts that he just laid out that I never forgot. I remember one, you're 16, you need to get a job. <laughs> and I, and he, he took me to a place 
And all of a sudden, I had a job. I wasn't even looking for one. And just like that. He's, I, I remember, one thing I remember him saying, we were driving down the car, uh, down the road one day. You know, there's, some of these things he said, they made a big impact. We were driving down the road. I was showing him how much Bible I'd read. I was trying to read through the Bible. I was nine years old. I was nine years old the first time I ever finished reading through the Bible. I'd have been eight at the time. I was nine when I finished it. And I was showing him how much I had read. And I remember he said to me, he said, if you read that much Bible every day, you'll be a great man someday. And it just stuck with me. You know, who, what young kid doesn't want to be a great man someday? Kept reading the Bible. Been doing it ever since. You know, in, in the last 30 years. He used to say, where you end up in life will be determined by the choices you make. He would often point out the differences and how he turned out versus some of his family that were raised in the same houses. Household. What was the difference? Different. Some of them made really bad choices. Some of them chose the ways of the world. Some of them chose the alcohol. Some of them chose to get out of church. Some of them chose to marry a lost spouse. And it messed their life up. You know, he, the other thing he used to say too, life's not always fair. Yeah, he used to say it all the time. I still think about that sometimes. When I don't get treated fair. Well, that's life. And I've probably repeated many of these things to my kid. Now, my quotes, you'd probably have to ask my kids what my quotes are. I was trying to think, do I have any quotes? But I, I do. Mine aren't quite as eloquent as his are. You know, one qu- uh, quote that's pretty regular in my home is stop acting like a stinking millennial. <laughs> and that means a lot of different things, you know, depending on what they're doing at the time. But my kids know what it means. And I've, yeah, and I, you know, and I've, I've heard them say to their brothers and sisters before, you know, stop being a millennial and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that means a lot of different things in our house, you know. Stop being a princess, you know. Don't be a princess. I'll even tell my girls that. Stop being a princess. And it's funny too because like with my girls, I'll call them a princess sometimes in like a nice way like dads do to their daughters. But then other times I'll be like, stop being a princess. Alright? And you know, and they know what that means. It's like whenever you're in the car and it's like, you know, dad, it's too cold and you got to turn it, you know, turn it off. And dad, now it's too hot and they keep going back and forth. You always got to keep it at that perfect temperature. It's like, you know, princess in the pee type thing. It's like, stop being a princess, you know. And we'll tell, we'll say it to the boys too, you know, if they complain too much about things. Said, so, but you know, don't be a queer stuff like you know. That's kind of how it usually goes in my house. I don't know if I have better sayings than that. You know, you'd have to ask my kids that, but actually, don't ask my kids that. But, um, but either way, fathers need to pass on good traditions in the home. And you know, by the way, when I say don't be a millennial, all right, stop acting like a stinking millennial. Part of what I'm saying there too, and I think my kids know this. Is just don't be like the culture. Alright? You don't, you don't have to be like the culture. You don't have to wear every stupid thing that they come out with. You don't have to do every goofy little thing they do. You don't always have to be hip and trendy and all that kind of stuff. It, you know, it means a lot of things. Alright? And it's just, it's just a quick way to say it. Uh, it's just, that's just kind of how I talk, I guess. But, fathers need to pass on good traditions. And real quickly, I want to talk about three ways that we pass these traditions on. And the first one is oral traditions. Alright? Look at what it says. Well, first off, in 2 Thessalonians 2, in verse 15, he mentions, "...hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle." Alright, so he's wanting them, you know, there were some traditions that Paul just verbally told them that he had not written down. He's saying, follow these things. But there were also things that he did write down that he wanted, that he wanted them to follow. And most of the time when it comes to our traditions that we pass on, he said they're not written. Okay, now you might be one of these people you like to write and you've got a list of, you know, your own Ten Commandments that you have in your house or something. You're not trying to change the Bible, just, you know, you're, you might do something like that. Most people don't. 
But most people do have oral traditions. If I were to talk to some of your children, they could probably give me some uh, sayings of yours. Some that probably are very wise-sounding and very inspirational. Some that are probably less uh, eloquent, like some of mine, but they get the point across. You know, some of them we might not want to repeat. You know, but who, who knows? Okay, but you probably have some of those things. But pro- look at what Proverbs one says in verse eight. It says, "My son, hear the instruction of thy father." And forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. What's he saying? Listen to the things that your parents teach you. Okay? Now, here's my question. What are you teaching them? Because for most parents today, what they're teaching has nothing to do with what comes out of their mouth. It's in their actions. And even if you do have the right stuff coming out of your mouth, if your actions aren't backing it up, then it's not going to do any good. But either way, you ought to have some things that you are verbalizing to your children. There ought to be some laws. There ought to be some sayings. You ought to have some memorable quotes. You ought to have some things that you know you want to stick with them. And the Bible's telling us not to despise those things. But for many people today, their parents aren't teaching them anything. They're not giving them any commands. You know where they're getting all their oral traditions from? From Hollywood. They're getting it from television. You know why everyone's tradition today for every single holiday is watch sports and get drunk? Because that's what's marketed on television. Nobody, you know, nobody is going to teach through television and through commercials godly traditions. There's no money to be made on those things. But there is money to be made on selling beer and promoting sports and all that junk. And so people are doing those things. Why? Because mom and dad's not telling them what to do. You know who is? The television set is telling them what to do. And that's why there is almost no diversity in our country when it comes to how things are celebrated today. Super Bowl Sunday. You know what churches are doing today on Super Bowl Sunday? Often, they are canceling their service. Why? Because their congregation is full of practicing heathens. And heathens have a tradition of Super Bowl Sunday stuffing their face and getting drunk. And that's what their people are going to do. And... I'm not against watching sports. I like watching sports. If, you're gonna, if you go home and watch sports today, I'm not mad at you, but I'm glad you went to church first. I'm glad you prioritized church over that because it's way more important. And uh, there, if sports is good. It's good to encourage you know, activity and aggression. If you like football, I, I, you know, I like football. I like the violence. You know, I, I like seeing that kind of stuff. Okay? It's fun. But did you know you can enjoy those things without missing church. You can enjoy those things without getting drunk. In fact, what's the point of watching a game if you get drunk? Are you even going to remember what happened? I, I don't know. I've never been drunk. I don't want to find out what it's like, but it just seems like it kind of defeats the purpose. It's like these guys, like, you know, I've never been a very good golfer, but you know what's very common with people when they go golfing? They drink beer too. How does a beer help your golf game? Now, maybe it would help some people's golf game. It might help mine. But that, that doesn't make sense. But what, what is it? Why is it that with every sport, beer is associated with it? Because in every sport, beer is advertised like crazy. You go to any baseball stadium, they're going to have massive billboards promoting Budweiser or Bud Light or whatever. They spend millions and millions of dollars on that stuff. Why? They're trying to pass traditions on to the next generation. And let me ask you, is it working? You better believe it's working. It's working good, but you know what? It didn't work in my family because my dad had some oral traditions when it came to alcohol and it was pretty much, don't do it. Don't touch it. 
Uh, that's the kind of oral tradition I had. You know, my dad told me. You know, my I was just telling somebody this week. One of the things my dad told me I was when I was nine years old to start taking guitar lessons. My dad told me, "Son, you use that music for the glory of God." And he said, "If I ever catch you on that guitar playing rock music, I'll break that guitar over your head." <laughs> and he wasn't being funny. He would have done it. He, he probably still would if I if I did that. You know, he's teaching me that's not okay. That's not okay. When I was when I got older and I had a driver's license, I didn't even think about driving reckless, drinking and driving. I mean, let me tell you, I don't know if it was oral traditions that my dad passed down or oral horror stories of what will be if you do certain things. Okay? And I never wanted to live those horror stories. And and the thing is too, it wasn't just horror stories of what he would do to me, but it was of what that would do to me. It's those traditions, those oral traditions, they help me. And to this day, that's something I'm not even tempted with. But for some of you, you're tempted with it all the time. For some of you, you know, when Sunday rolls around and all of a sudden you start seeing sports, you know, you're getting the jitters. Because you need that you, you can't. You know, you probably can't even watch football anymore. Because if you're watching football, you're going to be too busy wanting to drink. I see why Cub fans drink because they had over a hundred years of nobody, you know, no World Series and always being bad and everything. That was probably part of it, and that's how they dealt with the grief of the of losing. But hopefully, they're over that now. They won a World Series a few years ago. But either way, we need to pass these things on. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter four, verse one. It says, "Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law." Hey, when you are the head of the home and your children are in that home, your words are law. You need, and your kids need to understand that. They need to understand that the father is the head of the home, and that the mother is over the children also, and they should not forsake their law. They should, and you've, but you've got to be teaching them something. You've got to be telling them what's right and wrong. You've got to pass these things down. If you're not giving them some enlightenment, they're going to get all of their knowledge from the world. So you better take advantage of the mouth that God gave you and use it to teach your kids some things and find a way to help them remember it. Because it will be very valuable someday. So oral traditions. Also, family traditions. You ought to have some family traditions that are yours. Things that, that, that are you do, that are unique to you. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay? Now, obviously, a part of training is telling them what to do, but it's also showing them what to do. And how you live your life, the things that you do, the actions that you take on a regular basis, those things are going to have an impact on your children. They are going to be very likely to do those things that you do. If you do not brush your teeth in your household... As parents, your children would be very unlikely to brush their teeth. And in your culture, you're going to have really nasty teeth. They're going to be making jokes about you. Like, you know, what do you call you know, 32 girls from Arkansas? You know, full set of teeth and things like that. You know, you're, you're, you know it's going to be, they're going to be saying those things about your, your family. I hope nobody's from Arkansas in here. but That was the way I heard it. I had a lot of family in Arkansas, so we, we like to tell Arkansas jokes. But, you know, that, that's going to that's be who you are. Some people... Some cultures, they don't bathe regularly. If you want your children to make it in this world socially, you need to teach them some good hygiene. 
And every time I go on an airplane, I guess they, I'm reminding you, know, people need to practice some good hygiene. And this is just a side note too. When you go on an airplane and you bring your own food, don't bring stuff that stinks. People right in front of us, open up this, all of a sudden I smell something. I thought, Kelly messed diaper. I looked at my wife and I was like, you know, she was kind of sitting across the aisle. I was like, she messed up. She's like, no, it's people in front of you. And they were, I don't know what they were eating. But it smelled horrible. Okay? You're not going to have any friends that way. You know, some people stink. You say, you shouldn't say that. Well, and people think, well, now they stink because they're poor. No, they stink because they don't have good hygiene. It's not a part of their culture. And I'm talking about, I'm talking just about white people here in Rock Falls. Okay? This isn't a racial thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about white people here in Rock Falls. They don't use deodorant. They don't bathe regularly. They don't brush your teeth. They go out in public in their pajamas like they just crawled out of bed. I, that, that's the culture. Don't pass it on to your kids. You know what you teach your kids? When you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth. Before you go to bed at night, you brush your teeth. You take showers on a daily basis. You, know, you, do, you practice good hygiene. You wear deodorant. Otherwise, you're going to stink. It's like, you know, it's, these kids, they don't have any hygiene. Some Kids don't want to play with them because they smell so bad. And then what does everybody want to do? They want to act like my kid's being bullied. No, these other kids are being a blessing on your children, letting them know that they stink because you're not going to have friends if you stink. And you, you, you need to realize your practices are going to be passed on to your kids. Just, it's just the way it is. If you just have the Saturday bath, that's all your kids are going to do. That, that, that's they pick these things up. It runs in the family. So you, you need to think about that. How you physically act on a daily basis has an impact. You know, do you are you someone who reads your Bible regularly? Is that is that is that a common thing to see in the home? Mom and dad reading their Bible, you know, praying, you know, just all these things, you know, the things we should do, are, or you just sit in front of the television all day. You just being lazy all day. Are you somebody that just you know let your house just become a wreck and get destroyed? Are you somebody who fixes things? You take care of stuff. You maintain things. You keep your yard nice. These things get passed on to their kids. One thing is you know some people and everybody has their things they're into. Some people are really into keeping their house nice, or maybe they're really into vehicles, and that usually gets passed on to the next kid too. That dad that's just really into cars, a lot of times has a son that's really into cars. What are you into? Some people are into nothing but entertainment, television, video games, and that's all they pass on to their kids. And video gamers, seems the stereotype I think is correct, they don't usually shower regularly. Cuts into their video game time. That's, that's not good. Don't teach that to your children. You say, well, I would never verbally say that. Yes, but you say it every day by practicing that and living that way every day. Don't live that way. You need to have daily traditions like reading your Bible, praying, bathing, brushing your teeth, things like that. But also you ought to have weekly traditions like going to church. It ought to just, it might not be second nature for you, but it could be second nature for your kids if that's just what you always do. That's just what you always do. You need to make it a tradition. Even going to work. Going to work on a daily basis. That kind of thing. Often, and I, I was in one church for over 20 years and we had bus routes in certain areas and we would see it where the parents, able-bodied, didn't work, living off the government, watched it where they raised kids. 
able-bodied, didn't get jobs, living off the government. Why? What happened? You know, it's because they passed on laziness to their children. They they didn't see a dad who would get up and go to work even if he was tired, even if he was sick, wasn't feeling good. They didn't see that kind of thing. They didn't see a mom and dad that were willing to you know scrimp and save and be frugal so they could be responsible and pay their own bills. They didn't see that kind of thing. They didn't see parents that were working hard and sacrificing and doing those things. They saw people who just went out every day with their hand out, complaining about how they didn't have enough. And what do they do? Who are these people today? They're all the ones out protesting all the time. During the weekdays, during the work hours, it's always them. That, it's always these liberal, just we want more from the government, Bernie Sanders clowns that are always protesting. Why? And the counter protests are never as big. You know why? Because those people are always at work. They're out following traditions that they were taught of providing for their family and being a responsible individual. That's where, that's where those people are at. And you see all this junk that goes on at night, and these, these protests, these riots, things that break out at night. You know, who are those people? Same people that don't work during the day. You know, where all the other people are, the decent people at night, they're all in bed sleeping because they're tired from all the work that they did during the day. And understand, if you're a lazy good for nothing who doesn't get a job, who doesn't do any work, that's what you're going to raise. Your kids aren't going to understand their sacrifice. I see it all the time where people, they go and they decide they're going to experiment with the job. And they go and they get hired at some place and then all of a sudden they get yelled at at work. And they don't know what to do and they quit. Sometimes they actually go to work and they break a sweat. And they don't know what to do. And they quit. This job's too hard. I'm too tired. Or they have to get up early. Or they get reprimanded because they're late. Because mommy didn't wake them up. And they and you know they can't believe they got written up at work. I was only five minutes late. My mom forgot to wake me up. And they'll quit over stuff like that. What is that? Okay, that's a culture. And and there are exceptions. Sometimes you know dads who do things right it doesn't necessarily get passed down. But often it's because the culture outside there rubbed off on them. It's often because they were hanging around good for nothings. It's because they were on social media learning from the you know the bottom feeders of the world, and those things got passed on. But understand, the main area where you are going to impact this is in your home. You moms and dads, you ought to have these weekly traditions. You ought to have monthly traditions. Do something fun every once in a while. You know, give your family something to look forward to. You know, take that annual family vacation. Have those big things that are like your tradition that you do, and you know, and. Get you know something to look forward to. You know birthdays, make a big deal about those things. It's all right to do that. Okay, we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. We celebrate birthdays. It's okay to do that and make a big deal every year about the fact that your kid came into the earth. Maybe they'd have some self worth. Well, we're just teaching them to be greedy and just wanting presents. Well, you know what? I don't think I'm a greedy person, but who doesn't like a present? Everybody likes presents. Everybody likes gifts. And you know what? I like gifts so much, I accepted the gift of eternal life from Jesus Christ. Some of y'all, you act like it's a sin to take a gift. Probably not even saved. You won't even take the gift of salvation. You're going to try to work for it. And you're not going to get it. Because it's a gift. That's the only way you can get it. Go ahead and do that kind of stuff with your kids. Have Christmas traditions. It's okay. It's pagan. No, it's not. All right. It doesn't have to be in your house. 
We've had Christmas trees every year. We've never worshipped at one time. Not, not one time. We, we go, we see the Christmas lights in Peoria every year. We, that's something that I did growing up with, when, uh, in my dad's home. He would take us there every year. We take our family there every year. It's a lot of fun. It's okay for you to have some things like that that you do. You know, the family vacation thing, one thing we've, you know, I'm thankful the family here, they're on vacation. Whether they do, they visit church. You know, that's something that we always did. Whenever we would go on vacation, we would try to plan our vacations around churches that we'd always wanted to visit. And we would go visit those churches. That was something that, that's something that we always did. It's okay. It, it, you ought to have things like that that you do. You know, one thing I've, we've always done, we like going to different conferences and things. You know, have some things like that that you do. You need to have family traditions, things that are yours, that, that you do. It's okay if you have your own way of celebrating Labor Day. If you don't go on a picnic on Labor Day because you have your own thing that you do, your own way of celebrating that doesn't involve watching sports and getting drunk, that's okay. You're allowed, you're allowed to do that. And even on Christmas, if you want to make up some of your own traditions, you know, traditionally, most of us, we eat Christmas ham. You know? Menezes don't do that. They eat pasoli. And it's really good. Alright? We've done that with them several years on Christmas Eve. You know, they, you know, I've never rebuked them for not eating ham on Christmas. You know, that's obviously not the tradition that was passed on to them. But they have their own that they do. It's okay to do that stuff. These are good things. You know what they do? They make happy families. They make happy families because maybe if you have some of your own traditions that you do that are fun, that are special, maybe your kids won't get distracted by the world's traditions of watching sports and getting drunk. And that's why you need to practice these things. So you need to have family traditions. You need to have religious traditions. And I'm not talking about religious obligations. I'm not talking about following these things as a way to go to heaven. But we ought to have religious traditions that we enjoy. Look at what it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 6. It says, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. For yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you, neither do we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an ensample unto you to follow us, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed, yet come not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. So notice as he's talking here to the church, he's telling them to stay away from those that walk disorderly. Not after the traditions. And he's specifically talking about you know those who just don't work. And I believe he's specifically talking about those that are a part of the congregation that are just they're not contributing anything. They want to consume everything, but they don't want to help. They don't want to get involved. He's saying stay away from those people. And if they're not going to listen to this epistle that I've written to you, note them and have no company with those people. Why? Because these people we're going to, we're passing on bad traditions, vain traditions, idle traditions. Because once again, if you don't pass some traditions on, there's things that people naturally are going to do. And one thing is be lazy, be a gossip. 
Just like if you don't pass some traditions on uh, down to your family in America on holidays, your kids are going to watch sports and get drunk. That's just what that, that's what they're going to do. And you need to make sure that we teach that we teach some things, that we pass some things on. And these religious traditions, we're more likely to pass them on if we are participating, if we are in church, if we if we um, are are actively involved in our church, if we are contributing to the work of the Lord, if we are actively involved, we will be more likely to do those things. If this is just something that you do on Sunday to just put your time in and then just get out of here thinking, you know, he preached an extra 10 minutes today, you know, that cut into our TV time, then you know, kids are just going to see this as an obstacle to the real traditions that they want to do of watching sports and getting drunk. That's all they're going to see it as. So you need to make sure that it's real to you that you're doing it for the right reasons, that you're doing it from the heart, and that you are actively involved contributing. We all appreciate what we have contributed to. When you when you work, don't do anything for something you don't appreciate it. But when you do, when you're working for something, when you're contributing, then all of a sudden you appreciate it, and you ought to have some of these things. You ought you ought to make it a, a point as a family. You know, to, I think you ought to try to incorporate. You know, maybe in your family vacations. You know, visiting other churches or maybe going to different conferences. There's a lot of conferences that you know I've been involved in and been able to preach in that people come to these things and they are just their batteries get recharged. They are just fired up, just getting around other believers, especially if they're uh, from an area where there's not a lot of saved people around them. A lot of the, the Red Hot Preaching Conference that I just got back from not too long ago, there were people from many different countries that came came to that. Why? Because they believe the Word of God, they believe the way we do, but they live in countries where hardly anyone is practicing that. And boy, they come and they get around three or 400 people that believe the way they do, and man, it fires them up. It charges their battery. It's something they don't forget. And I thank God for all the conferences and things that I got to go to growing up. That's something we did in our family all the time. Almost every vacation that we took growing up, it involved some kind of conference or visiting some church that... You know, my my dad liked. Why well, we 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 did the, it was it was just a part of our life, and you've got to make church an important part of your life. You've got to make the things of God, uh, just something that you live, not an obligation, where you put your time in and then forget about it the rest of the week. No, it needs to be a major central part of your life. And you know, and even as a church, I, as a church, we have many traditions that are uniquely ours. Now, are these, you know, is it, do we get candy from heaven in the Bible? No. But is it wrong for us to do that? No, that's our thing. Okay? And it's fun. And kids enjoy it. It's good memories. Okay? You know, our uh, newlywed game we play around Valentine's Day. Okay? Where we make fun of people's marriages, alright, that lose and stuff like that. You know, is that in the Bible? No. But is that a tradition that we have? Yes, it is. And we like it. And it's fun. We, ha- we have many of these things that are ours. And other churches have some of their own traditions. That are, and sometimes I get ideas from other churches. Hey, that's a cool tradition. We should do that. You know, that, That's a good thing. Why? Because it just makes it special. It's something that we can look forward to. It's something that brings us closer. It's something that... you know, When it comes to certain traditions, you know, especially around the holidays and stuff, there's a lot of things we do on Christmas. You know, if, I, if we don't do some of those things... There's like an emptiness. Like you're missing something. These things need to be done. 
And that's how it ought to be with the things of God. They're such a part of our life that man, we don't want to miss these things. And see, that's going to come with time and with us practicing these traditions. And understand, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about goes against your culture. But you can make it a part of your culture if, if you are consistent with it. If you, if you purpose to do it, if you stick to it, and it will be a regular thing with your kids. It'll just be second nature to them. When it comes to morality, it'll be second nature for them to just be a moral person. You know, when it comes to, you know, for some people, they've got to work hard to not use profanity. But for some, it's not. Why? Because they don't talk that way in their house. That's not, they've not seen that. They've not experienced that. Some people, all they know when they're having a disagreement with their wife is to just slap her around. Why? Because that's what they grew up with. But you know, there's other kids, they can't even imagine seeing that. And they grow up and they get married and they can't imagine doing that to their wife. To them, that just, that's repulsive. You know, they're disgusted by anyone that would be, that would abuse their wife. What's the difference? The home they grew up in. Well, even if you got saved out of a bad home, you know now that that's wrong. You know now that you shouldn't do that type of thing. And while it might be in your nature to just, you know, belt your wife when she back talks you, you know what you've got to determine? Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, and ladies, it might be in your nature and your culture to be an egg. Okay? Don't do that. Alright? Every time you're nagging your husband, you're training your daughter to have a miserable marriage. Just understand that. That's exactly what you're doing. So you've got to make sure. You say, I know it's wrong. Now I'm going to actively work on not doing these things. Some of you, you know, guys, if you're, if you're feeling the need to just belt your wife, you know it's wrong. You might need to start a tradition of after your wife nags you, you know, to go, you know, run three miles. <laughs> just, just to blow off some steam. You know, whatever it takes. That way, you know. That way, in your son's home, when his wife back talks him, you know, he'll just go for a jog, and he he may be in super good shape, you know, instead of in jail for beating up on his wife. You know, whatever it takes, you've got to be willing to do that. You've got to be willing to make the sacrifice. And one of the problems we have today in American families is they have no traditions that are unique to them, and they do. But it's just. It's what the news media is telling them to do. It's what the commercials are telling them to do. They don't have any things that are uniquely theirs. People love traditions. There's good traditions. There's bad traditions. But if we don't claim some things for our family and pass them down and practice them, then our, wor- our children are going to adopt the world's traditions. And much of the world's traditions isn't just bad. It's just stupid. It's just Our world is just a mess. And if we don't watch it before long, our children, they're going to be in churches where Super Bowl Sunday, everyone in the church, including the pastor, is wearing football jerseys. You say, ah, yeah. No, it's happening already. I know churches, they do that. Super Bowl Sunday, everybody's wearing their favorite team's jersey. You say, well, what's wrong with, what's wrong with that? Everything. All right? <laughs> Everything's wrong with that. What's What's right? With that. I, don't even, I, don't even know, I don't even know how to have that argument with you. That's not that's not what we're here for, you know. And we've and one and one of the reasons they do this, 
This is one of the reasons churches are working so hard to find some way to incorporate the world's traditions and holidays, even things like Halloween, with what they do in church. It's because the people in their congregations, they don't know what to do. They are being pulled so hard into doing all that foolishness. You know why? Because they have nothing else. But we should actually have some things that we love, that we enjoy, that are part of our lives, that the world's traditions actually get in the way of those things. That's how it ought to be. I think our traditions are better. I don't have time for a lot of the world's foolishness because I have better things that are a part of my life. But some families, they just have nothing and then they wonder why their kids want to do all that junk. You better get some things in your life. You better get some good traditions. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. I pray You'll help us to take these principles we learned today and put, uh, practice them in our life. I pray You'll help uh, those who come from bad backgrounds and bad cultures to change those things and implement some good traditions in their homes that will be passed on to the next generation uh, so that the next generation will have a better culture. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's go.